Hi people, Andy here from Andy's Personal Development and we thank you so much for your support and your continued commitment to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music and also on Buzzsprout and Podbean. We thank you guys so that you would continue to download our episodes and to subscribe to our program as we continue to supply you with the information that you need for your personal growth and development. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Wherever you are, whatever part of the world you are, we just want to welcome you with love. We are your friends and we thank you for listening to our podcast and supporting our efforts to bring real change and meaningful influence on the lives of many. I can't help but mention the fantastic performance by Elaine Thompson Hira at the 200 meters in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. That was a breathtaking, fantastic performance. 21.53, something that we'll remember for a long time. Okay, (laughs) on that note, today we want to continue and this is part two really of a live podcast show we had on Podbean and today's episode is the power of self-esteem over anxiety. We're looking at part two and I want to totally compartmentalize the information that we are going to share with you today because we are concerned about the levels of anxiety that exists in so many aspects of life. We witnessed the breakdown of Naomi Osaka at the French Open and Simone Biles at the current Olympic uh, competition that is happening. And you know, it, it brings me to a place where I feel sad. And I feel a sense of urgency that something needs to be done some mechanisms be put in place to assist these world-class athletes who struggle with themselves because of the level of expectation that is placed upon their lives. And I remember that when I was a young man growing up and and, and in my family and in the village that I was nurtured, there were a lot of expectations on my shoulders as well. Everybody thought that I was going to go on to to high school and I would graduate with honors and I would probably go university and I would graduate with more honors there. And then the proverbial thing would be would be for me to get a, a fantastic job and have a white picket fence with my wife and my children and a couple pets running around in the yard. But it did not exactly work out like that. See, the reality of our lives has a lot to do with not just the purpose and the intent by which we do things, but by our destiny, which at times may not be even revealed to us. And so sometimes we have to take things one step at a time. We have to learn how to slow time for ourselves. And while time is not a commodity that we can actually possess and hold in our hands because it does not stop. It just keeps ticking. It just keeps going on and on and on and on and on like the ever-ready battery. 
we can compartmentalize time for ourselves and not allow anybody to dictate the pace at which we do the things that we do in this life. Even if the expectations upon us are high to perform at the highest level, in the highest arena in the world. What about if we can find the opportunity to take time for love, time for family, time for friends, social integration, time for our careers, time for exercise, time to relax, and of course time to spend with the creator of life and all mankind. Every aspect that I just outlined there are extremely important. But what is more important is that you begin to prioritize what comes first, what comes second, what comes third, and then begin to dictate the pace by which you address these different aspects of life by managing yourself, by deciding the amount of time you're going to spend on every one of them as the days go by. Here's one thing that you can do to create that sense of purpose and to allow your self-esteem to grow and to sort of abate some of the things that would create anxiety. Number one, you need to find a way to document your life on a daily basis. Beginning by, first of all, putting pen to paper and figuring out how you are going to manage 24 hours that is ahead of you. Make a list of things to do and give each of those things their priority and give each of those things a time slot in which you will accomplish them or would like to accomplish them. Now understand this. The list that you make may not always go entirely to plan. Some things may flow into the other day or into tomorrow. But at least you would have the opportunity to manage yourself based on something that is specific that is detailed and that takes a certain level of priority from 1 to 10 as the case may be. It does not matter if it's 20 things that you absolutely need to pay attention to, that you need to spend some time on or spend some time with. Write it down. Take a note. And just check yourself. Help yourself by using the technology, your devices, your iPads, your iPhones, your smartphones, whatever it is. Put these little notes on there and put the alarms so that it would alert you and, and, and remind you that you need to place some time on going to your son's first soccer game. You need to place some time in remembering your anniversary with your spouse and checking on your dinner reservation to make sure that things are in place. You need to remember that it may be your daughter's first recital. Maybe she's going to be the star in a Shakespearean play in school. I don't know what the order of priority in your life is. 
or can be. But you have to make sure that you create the opportunity for yourself to properly manage the time that you have and how you'd spread it around the things that are the priority in your life every single day. Make that note. You may ask the question, well, haven't I heard this before? And I will ask you in return, okay, so what have you done about it? You may say, well, I have tried, but it didn't work out. Did you ask yourself why? And I mean, let me, let me just draw back here for a moment. Being human means that we're going to fall short sometimes. We're going to err. But I want to encourage us to understand that when we are disciplined and we become loyal and committed to something, it makes the difference because it gives us the impetus to put the necessary things in place, the implements that would help us to maintain the things that we need to do consistently and you need to slow time consistently. It is hard to live a life of regret and I hate using the term regret because we are not supposed to have regrets in life. You see, <laughs> regrets are like torches that light the flames of anxiety and can dampen our self-esteem. We need to avoid being victims of regrets. We need to avoid being victims of something that robs us of our sense of purpose and says to us, maybe you should not have said that, maybe you should not have done that. But in the moment and in the time that it happened, maybe you were being human. Maybe you did not think it through. Maybe you did not understand the scope of what was happening around you. This can happen. Don't be too hard on yourself. But at least make the effort. Make the effort. Use the devices. Use the implements. Use the things, the tools that can help you to slow time. Secondly, Remember I spoke about regrets? And I understand that there are things in life that can be very traumatic and dramatic to us that can think, that we can think rather, that brings us to a place where we can have regrets. Regrets that we did not stay in a marriage that otherwise could have worked out. Regret that we did not push hard enough for the promotion that we think we deserve when we see someone who's of lesser qualification or experience get the same promotion. Regret that we did not make the time to spend with a son or a daughter, especially on that day when parents and teachers were supposed to gather in the school editorium. Regrets that we did not spend enough time with our parent. Regrets that we did not spend enough time educating ourselves. Regret that we did not spend enough time focusing on the thing that fulfills us, that brings us joy, our passion. The thing that reminds us of who we really are. Regret that we did not take the time to pray. Pray for someone who was in need. 
Stop and take a look at someone who was at the roadside that needed help. We could have brought some joy to that person, but we were so busy, caught up in time that we passed them by. And now we're thinking, oh my gosh, maybe I should have stopped. You regret it, but regretting does not bring back the moment. The moment has already gone. It has already passed. And as long as you continue to dwell in that state of regret and it begins to influence you in your thought process, it can lead to anxiety. Oh, you know what? We need to go back in history, in time. And I want to share an account with you, a story of an individual who even today has influence on culture and the lives of many. In the year 323-323 BC, a young man died at the age of 32. It was first thought that he had died because he had drunk too much of a wine made of fruit that had poisoned him. But centuries after, with the improvement of medicine and medical capabilities and life on the whole, it was decided that maybe he died of a condition that is called the Drubar syndrome. The Drubar syndrome is a neurological disorder that renders a victim helpless, lying in a condition that appears to be as they were suffering from a stroke. But unlike a stroke in where blood is cut off from certain vessels in your body, the neurological disorder of Drubar syndrome renders you in a position where the nerve endings are unable to carry the message from your brain to the rest of your body. So you're lying there motionless because you cannot feel anything physically, but you are still alive. And it is said while the young man would have lain there in that position because of this dreaded condition, his generals would pass by and he would wink at them. A little history on him. Between the ages of 13 and 16, he was tutored by one of the three of the greatest philosophers and poets of all times, Aristotle. Of course, there was Socrates and Plato. But at the age of 20, this young man was made king of Macedonia after his father Philip had been assassinated. And for the next 12 years, he went on to build an empire, a kingdom through Persia, Asia, and India. He practically conquered the world. And as a result, there are many things that he would have said about his life 
that still affect us today. The culture that arose out of his conquest, it is still alive today. But I want to share two quotes with us that he made. The first one was he, he was walking on the sands of a beach and looking up at the skies, he said, I have conquered the world, but my arms are too short to reach into the universe, for there are other worlds that are yet to be conquered. But it's the second one that grabbed me. It grabbed my attention. It moved something on the inside of me. He said, A tomb now suffices for him to whom the world was not sufficient. His name was Alexander the Great. The essence of the story here is that the man spent time conquering the world which he was successful at, but he failed to conquer himself. He failed to conquer his insecurities. He failed to conquer his anxieties. And it reminds me of a scripture in Mark 8 and 36 that says, What shall it profit a man if he shall conquer the whole world and lose his own soul? I want us to think about the fact that we have spent so much time in our lives running away from anxiety and trying to fill that gap with things so that we can say we are busy so we will not find time to deal with ourselves, our inner being, our souls that are so priceless and invaluable, beyond value. And yet, we don't understand that the level of anxiety we feel sometimes is because we are trying to conquer the world because we can't conquer our own souls. I remember the Dalai Lama, the religious leader of the nation of Tibet. He was asked a question and the question was, what is the thing, Dalai Lama, about man, especially in the Western culture, that amazes you and surprises you the most, the thing that you can't understand about Western culture. And he said, the thing that I don't understand the most is that you spend most of your life trying to acclaim wealth. And then after that, you spend the rest of your life using the wealth that you have acclaimed to gain health. It just doesn't make sense. It baffles me. And one of the reasons why people suffer so much from anxiety is because they want to conquer everything else. But in so doing, they neglect in dealing with themselves, their family, loved ones, and the little precious moments in life that really bring us joy and fulfillment and help us sustain the moment and to understand how important these moments are because they bring memories that keep us glued and connected and brings true joy and happiness to our souls. That is priceless. 
Tom Jones sang a very popular song. Memories don't live like people do. They always stay with you. Whether they've been good or bad, they always remind you of something that you had. <laughs> the last part, something that you had. I don't know about you, but I think that the time has come for us to understand that when we create memories, those memories should be memorable. Those memories should be uplifting. When people think about us and they understand that we have left a legacy and we have gone on, we have passed on from this world to a next, the things that they should remember about us are the things that we would have done in the height of our self-esteem. When we took the time to slow ourselves down and to really savor the life that we are living, that sip of tea, that sip of wine, to enjoy it, that meal that was cooked by your wife with love and purpose and intent, to enjoy it, the time that you would have visited your son in school and looked at the artwork that he was doing to enjoy it, just to slow the time down and to say to yourself, you know what? Let me just take time out to enjoy this moment. It may not be the most rewarding moment. It may not be the moment that you see Returns like you're doing an investment. But guess what? It may be the warmth of the moment that makes the difference. <laughs> and, and, and I'm telling you, you cannot replace moments like that in your life. You know, I'm reading from Brendan Burchard. And this is a quote from the Motivation Manifesto, the section being nothing but newness. And he says, We can add nothing to yesterday, and we should attach nothing to what we did or did not do. For all those moments are in the ethanol, stranded only in the stories of our minds. That is really powerful stuff. And I understand what the author is saying here, what Brendan is saying. Hey guys, yesterday is dead. Yesterday is gone. We cannot add nothing to yesterday. And we cannot even try to attach something out of what we think that yesterday could give us. It just does not make sense. All the moments that are gone, they are past. Stranded only in the stories of our minds, he says. And we can tell those stories, we can repeat those stories, we can share those stories, but they are all just stories. And therefore, looking forward, going ahead into the future, how about if we create stories and memories that are worth sharing, that can uplift someone, that can bring a message of hope, peace, joy, harmony, heartiness, comfort, motivation, inspiration to someone. 
How about we can derive hunger and yearning from the inner beings of people by sharing those memories. But most of us, we don't have those kind of memories because we, we spend a lot of time trying to please a whole lot of people and not thinking about what we can contribute for ourselves. And so we waste precious time regretting some of the things that we should have taken time out to do. But like I said, after the regret is gone, there is more anxiety because you realize you cannot change time. You cannot turn back the hands of time. What is gone is already gone. I like to put it this way. In the midst of anxiety, we hardly take time to chew properly before we swallow. <laughs> we do everything hurriedly, speedily. We speed through the shower. Instead of holding our wives or husbands and caressing them and saying how much we love them and putting that one little peck on the cheek or the forehead, we rush out the house because we're going to be late for the board meeting. We're going to be late for the social gathering meeting. We're going to be late for something. We're always in a hurry. And only when we have injured or we are on our deathbeds do we sometimes realize, wait a minute, it's as if time has suddenly slowed down and we have no other choice but to stay in the moment. What about if we can find ourselves staying in the moment without being forced to do so? Without a situation that has trauma, without a situation that is pressing our backs against the wall, what about if we could just relax in our moment, savor the moment, cherish the moment, enjoy the moment, embrace the moment, and understand we are creating for ourselves positive life strokes that we can share with others and that we can make meaningful contributions to. Anxiety is not something that we should welcome, but it is something that we need to reject. And one of the greatest things that we can learn in life is that the more time we spend regretting is the more time we waste neglecting. Neglecting what? The opportunity to make things better, for our self-esteem to increase, for our self-esteem to be harnessed, for our self-esteem to be bridled, for our self-esteem to be ridden, ridden to a place where we can say, you know what? Veni, vidi, vicky. I came, I saw, I conquered. But is that the condition of our reality? Is that the way that we are thinking right now? Or are we finding ourselves just going back? Every time we think we make two steps forward, we make three steps backward. And we are tired. We are so tired that we can't even focus. 
We are so tired that we can't even rest. We are restless with anxiety. That is not a healthy place to be, my friends. That is not a place that we should be happy to dwell in. It's a prison. It has bars mentally and emotionally. And we need to do better. We need to want better. We need to have a hunger, a yearning, a desire to want better for ourselves. No one can have that for you. Only you can have that for yourselves. And so you've got to come to the conclusion. You've got to make your mind up. You've got to posture your thinking to recognize that you need to make that change in your life. You need to make that step in that direction that would give you the opportunity to overcome your anxiety, to manage it better, to lay it aside for the moment and just enjoy your life. Because sometimes moments are all that we really have. And nothing else matters but the moment that you are in right now, this moment. And so what I want us to do is to understand that every day we can make strides towards improving our ability to enhance our self-esteem. And it has nothing to do with what is happening around us. But it has to do with a decision, a choice that we are going to make for ourselves. You see, when you love someone, it is not about how you feel about that someone. But it's a thought process. It's a decision that you make in your mind to love them unconditionally. Because that's what true love is. It lays no condition for giving itself into a situation because love is unselfish. Love is unconditional. Love is pure. And while we think on that, why not understand that if we put ourselves in a frame of mind where we think that we can love ourselves more, just a little bit more so that we slow down the pace of our lives and take more time to focus on the moments that can bring us some sort of ascendancy in the way that we treat ourselves, in the way in which we manage ourselves, in the way in which we handle ourselves, then maybe, just maybe, we can begin to make steps and strides towards increasing the level of self-esteem and dissipating the level of anxiety. My friends, we can do it. Come on, you can do it. But you got to change the way you think. You got to change the way you assess things. You got to unlearn some of the things that you learn so that you can learn more and learn better. And one thing I've learned in life is that there's always room for improvement. We don't know it all. Life is not lived in a vacuum. And the more we know, I'm telling you, is the more experience we become, the more enlightened we become. But if we don't humble ourselves, it is almost impossible to receive information. And so, as we close this episode, I, I, I really want to 
you know, just reach out and touch somebody. And for us to understand that our lives are much more meaningful, much more precious than sometimes the value we place on them. And we need to take ourselves to a higher level and believe that we are special in the sight of the Creator, that He has placed us here for a reason and that part of that reason is that we live healthy lives. I'm going to quote another scripture for you. A scripture that says, it's 3 John and it only has one chapter in 2 John and it's verse 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy souls prosper. And that's God's desire for people. That's God's desire for mankind. That's God's desire for you, my friend. And if he's the creator and he has that desire for you, then you have to have it for yourself. And if you have to have it for yourself, then you need to have it for someone else so that you can look at people and say, I am okay and you are okay. We are all okay because we are all here for a purpose. Take time to slow time. And remember, life is here to be lived, not just to mere exist. Hold it, be passionate about it, develop that hunger and enjoy every moment. Until next time, this is Andy saying, God bless, God speed. We love you. Bye. Take care now.